1: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. we coming to eight time Let get the work in, man. Let's go.
3: Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to all of you. Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a good morning. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you till 10 a.m. this morning, as we are every morning, Monday through Friday. Good to be with you. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. How you doing, Seth? I'm good.
4: Um, could be better. You look, you look like yeah, you yeah. you
3: look like you got some steps in this morning. You look, you look like you just got done working yeah. out. Yeah.
4: yeah 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 I did. Um, I, I, but I could be better as far as just uh, you know Colin Coward, uh, you know going on a show with his millions of. Viewers and uh, pretty much just without even without saying their name, just mm, throwing the Texans right under the old bus. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that that threw a wrench into my afternoon yesterday. Yeah. My mental health, everything else.
3: I was yeah. making the rounds yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so so let us get right into that. Um, Sean Payton, who I think I, you know, I, I my sense is that, that optimism has been growing that the Texans might be uh, serious about having Sean Payton as their next head coach. We'll see. Uh, They interviewed him over Zoom on Monday, which is important in this audio that we're about to play, (laughs) that they interviewed him over Zoom. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So,
4: meanwhile, and also in this audio, know that he's interviewed with so far the Broncos, and he's talked with the Panthers as well. This is the schedule Uh, for Sean Payton.
3: He interviewed with the Texans on Monday on Zoom. He interviewed in L.A. with the Broncos on Tuesday, and he's interviewing with the Panthers in New York, I believe today or tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so that's the schedule for Sean Payton. So the Texans are the only ones who have been over Zoom. So we're about to play some audio from Colin Cowherd. We should point out, Colin Cowherd, the lead into this audio, this is at the very beginning of his show yesterday, the very first hour of his show, first segment of his show, and he was talking about how he had gone out to dinner with Sean Payton the night before. They spent several hours at a restaurant talking ball, the two of them, just the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, um, so Colin Cowherd lays that out. They had a great night talking ball, the two of them. And, of course, Sean Payton, as Seth pointed out, is interviewing for a bunch of jobs. And Colin Cowherd uh, dropped this little nugget about how important ownership is to a head coaching search.
5: There's a lot of bad owners out there that sometimes they inherited money uh, from a family. A lot of times they don't even like the sport. Uh, somebody dies in the family, they're left with it. Yeah. Um, but the gap, I can tell you this, um, the gap, listening to stories last night, between the haves and the have-nots in this league is not just quarterbacks or coaches. It is ownership. Even on Zoom calls, you can spot the dysfunction. Zoom calls. Not even being in the room, you can see why certain teams lose.
3: Okay, so that the yeah. Zoom call thing is an important smoking gun here to many. Yeah. Because it, here's the thing, and you and I have gone out to dinner seth you are a player so i've gone out to dinners with you and ted johnson and it turns into story time and it's great and you tell stories from years and years and years and years up until the zoom part i would say okay well sean payton could have been talking about any number of owners out there yeah. they're out to yeah, dinner well, for four
4: yeah, hours but you know he's talking about how you know play you know some don't even like football which is Clearly not the case with Cal McNair because he, I mean, he played football, um, and he very much likes it. So I thought, okay, well, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing as of yet. And hey, in the Broncos, uh, you have inherited money in charge of that. They didn't inherit the team, but it's inherited money, right? And they had their jobs from their daddies and everything. Yeah. but it's inherited money. Yeah. So that uh, that bought the team. Yeah. So yeah. Um. With the Zoom but the part about the Zoom call. Sean Payton has not been <laughs> he's not been on a uh, on zoom call meetings uh, interviewing for jobs uh, i don't believe they were doing that the last time he got hired back in right. 2004 or right. so with no. the uh, yeah the, back then back then kids teleconferencing was just still some uh, some dream of a promise that you saw every now and then in the movies like where it would work seamlessly in reality it was a pixelated nightmare yes. so yeah the zoom call is recent
3: yeah, that's, that's where – I mean, it's not look, it's not tough to connect the dots that there's probably a pretty good chance that Sean Payton out to dinner with Colin Cowherd on, yep. I guess it would be Tuesday night, um, may have said some things about his Zoom call <laughs> with the Houston Texans.
4: Right, and it's so – which does lead you to wonder, okay, I, I, we're playing the telephone game here, yep. and, um, you know, when you're out to dinner and you're talking to somebody about various things, how much of it is – you know, various stories all conflated into – to Coward talking about these things, and maybe over the Zoom call there were a couple, you know, oddities or weirdnesses that that were relayed, which is fine, as long as the overall takeaway isn't that, oh well, this ownership group is off my list. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the big that would be the big red flag there. Right, right. That he's yeah. no
3: longer gonna be talking to the Houston Texans. For what it's yeah. worth for what it's worth, the reports from actual people who cover the Saints and have covered Sean Payton um have been have been good i mean they haven't been very detailed but they've been good about the the meetings that peyton has had with with all the teams and with the texans here here was um saints beat writer nick underhill uh yesterday talking about that I heard that the the meeting with houston last night went really well um both sides were impressed with one another i think that's probably going to be the
5: feeling coming out of a lot of these
3: okay so that i mean that's a short clip right there but that's 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 positive news, I guess. My where I'm putting my devil's advocate hat on, Seth, because I, we ju- we've just not been allowed to have nice things here the last three years when it comes to football. Yeah, my, allow us
4: to grasp for straws here.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 nervousness is that is that Nick Underhill is probably getting very general texts about hey, how'd it go with Houston? Went great, yeah. you know. Both sides. Colin Cowherd was out for four hours, possibly drinking with Sean Payton.
4: Right, right, right. Which uh, but that's the uh... This is the thing. I'm just thinking about it from my own experience in, like, telling people stories about the NFL, uh, especially if it's out over dinner or anything, is that a lot of times you tell a story and obviously, like, the takeaway of the person hearing the story is much different than what you intended. Yeah. And, uh, or a lot of times, uh, you know, it's not – it's just not it's, – it's interpreted – Differently. And and what happens, you know, there used to be a co host when I first started working ten years ago. Not not Mike Meltzer, not my actual co host, but somebody that I would work with every now and then who I every time I told him any little tidbit about the NFL, he would take that as a generalization about the way the NFL worked and it would drive me insane. Uh because it would because like three months later be like, Well, you said that all players actually, you know, despise David Carr or something like that. I can't wait to
3: guess who this was during the break. Yeah, (laughs) I
4: actually did not say anything like that. Like, I told you a story about David Carr once doing one thing, and you extrapolated that on to, to many, many more things. So I always take everything, look, that Colin Coward says with a grain of salt, because... You know, yesterday, I was actually watching a video of him talk about how uh, Mike McCarthy gets a raw deal, and he compared him to all these various other coaches, and how their career records and playoff records all stacked up. Um, but then you go back a year ago, and uh, he had done a nice long piece about how go. Mike McCarthy is the problem, and he's the issue, and he's got to go, yeah. which, you know, people's opinions change over time. But Coward's very good at, at stuff like this. He's very, very good at his job. Um So I wouldn't, now I would say, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton in his Zoom interview felt like, well, boy, there's okay, I'm still not comfortable with whatever was going on with Easterby or what have you, but I also think that, I also can very easily see Payton having a discussion with McNair's about what the organization has been like the last two or three years. Payton relaying that onto Colin Coward and Colin Coward in his brain, because remember he's national media and he's thinking of the Texans as one big lump of, of, of a mess. Of dysfunction, and every, yes, nothing that comes out of it can be good. It's a black hole that sucks everything right. back into it. Um, it's, he could very easily hear that as like what the current situation is. You know, Sean Payton says like, Oh boy, I was on with the and and they were telling me about Jack Easterby and tell me about this and that. And as Colin Coward hears it, it's like, yeah, wow, that that organization really is a mess. Yeah. So I'm that's what I'm holding out for the, with this.
3: Zoom's tricky too. I'll just say that, yeah. and I, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that it couldn't have been a Zoom call where Sean Payton came away with a bunch of concerns. Look, there's concerning yeah. things over the last few years about the Texans, um, but Zoom Zoom is a tricky. One. I mean, honestly, of all the things this past week that had to do with Sean Payton, when I heard that it was Zoom with the Texans but in LA with Denver and in New York with Dave Tepper the owner of the Panthers that felt like possession arrow pointed against the Texans just cuz yeah. that's a tough environment to connect in compared to going compared to to going out to some fancy dinner in LA or New York with with an owner of a team you know
4: yeah the broncos um the the, Pan- the one thing that i keep thinking about is a, a listener yesterday dm would me and said you know people are undercounting They're not, they're not weighing heavily enough the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going to dominate this division for. Forever, and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's not put the cart before the horse here. Okay? One half of football, <laughs> they've had a nice stretch. Well, yeah, and they had, you know, they had one half of a good season yeah. or like a third of a good season. They lost to the Texans this year, right. so they're yes, yeah, so they look promising. But for one, let's not do that. But it did get me to thinking: if you were to hand select a division into which to go right now to be competitive immediately, if you turn your team around, it's the NFC South. You know, like as uh, it's oh, as he said. Um, so if he goes to Carolina, there's no dominant quarterback there, assuming the Tom Brady leaves. And I mean, he's, he's not a dominant quarterback anymore.
3: No. And he's old. I mean, he's he's old, right? Yeah.
4: At most one or two more seasons that he might be a pain in the butt. Yeah. But so it is, if you're gonna handicap it in your favor, the NFC South would make the most sense. That
3: does. That does. And there's probably something to Peyton that would like to play the saints twice a year. I could see, I could see him being wired that way. Um, all right. We got a price range too on Sean Payton, according to reports. Honestly, if it starts to get to the upper reaches of this, I know like it's the McNair's money. It's not my money, but there's we're getting into a price range where I'm just feeling like screw you, dude. We'll tell you. We'll tell you what the numbers are for that uh, next.
1: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
3: Hi, good to be with you on a Thursday, Payne and Pendergast. Here was Colin Cowherd a couple of days ago, or I'm sorry, Sean Payton, on Colin Cowherd's show a couple of days ago on the importance of ownership.
5: Generally speaking, if the quarterback is there, they're probably a team that's playing well, generally speaking. And so the teams that have openings,
1: I'm not going to say are broken, but they've had problems. That's why there's an opening. Right. Um,
5: and so I, I think that element's critical, the ownership element. And, um, and philosophically,
1: you know, because there – and I've said this, and I hope it's, it's it's not looked at as an indictment on certain teams, but
5: there are a number of teams – it's hard to win in this league, and, and it's certainly harder to win in this league if there's internal uh, problems oh, before, you, before you even play
1: an opponent.
3: So that was Peyton on Monday – and yeah. if, you just, if you're just getting in your car, we played some audio in the previous segment. We'll play it again throughout the morning of Colin Cowherd talking about conversations he had with Peyton and just talking in generalities about organizations and being able to kind of ascertain. Dis- well, let's play it one more time. Let's play the Cowherd one more time. There's no reason for me to mealy mouth my way through this. Here was Colin Cowherd yesterday
5: on his show. There's a lot of bad owners out there that sometimes they inherited money uh, from a family. A lot of times they don't even like the sport. Uh, somebody dies in the family, they're left with it. Um, but the gap, I can tell you this, um, the gap, listening to stories last night, between the haves and the have-nots in this league is not just quarterbacks or coaches. It is ownership. Even on Zoom calls, you can spot the dysfunction. Zoom calls. Not even being in the room, you can see why certain teams lose.
4: Yeah, so I mean, Coward may as well have just come right out and said he was talking about the Texans on in, in that specific moment because, as as far as we know, that's who he Peyton has met with via Zoom is the only the Texans. One. Yeah, yeah. So um, as I'm trying to look at the half class full side of this, if uh, if you know Coward who was out to dinner with Sean Peyton the night before, would uh, you know if he's if he's relaying something you, that was conveyed to him via Zoom call, I could very much see a scenario where the McNair's just laid out exactly what's been going on the last three years and recognized, you know, in a very open way, recognizing the dysfunction and saying, yes, this is what it was and this is how we're fixing it. But then when you play the telephone game and it gets relayed to Coward over, you know, dinner and perhaps a few drinks that it turns into like, oh yeah, the Texans, I know all about them. They're a mess. And uh, it was confirmed to Peyton via zoom. Yeah. That's uh, like, I could very easily see that happening. Who knows? I could also very easily seeing, you know, the way he related being. Yeah,
3: impossible. sure. No, well the, the um, look, you, I think you add those two cuts together. That's why I wanted to play the Peyton one. Cause Peyton yeah. talked about asking the hard questions. I don't think there's a team on this list that Peyton is, is uh, engaged with right now. Houston, Denver, Carolina, and Arizona, no no interview time set yet for Arizona, where the questions about the dysfunction within the organization are going to be harder questions than the ones for the Houston Texans. That's yeah. just, that's the bed that's been made by having Jack Easterby in your building the last three well, years.
4: Yeah, and that's, you know, because Peyton, again, you know, knows a lot of people in the league and certainly knows a lot of people from the Patriots organization, uh, uh, you know, who where Easterby started out, um, as well as Kansas City, so... Peyton probably wants some insight into that whole drama and whatever the hell was was going on as far as current dysfunction I think the question would be like okay if we're gonna if we're gonna diagnose this thing and say okay they talked about dysfunction maybe they had a conversation about dysfunction and it was about the recent past and how they're trying to fix it or how they have fixed it or what would the current things be if Sean Payton could Pick up on it via Zoom. Would it be, would it be something between Casario and the McNairs? Would it be something about Cal and Hannah themselves? Um, that's that's the part that I don't think is as clear.
3: Yep. Um, the uh, the uh, Jeff Duncan covers the Saints for NOLA.com, and he said in his article yesterday about the Peyton courtship that Peyton is seeking a four year deal. In the range of, get ready for this, twenty to twenty-five million per year. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah
4: twenty to twenty-five million total. Total, right? Is 20, that what you said? No, 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 no.
3: Mm. Per year,
4: right? Total. So four years, like five million a year. No,
3: no, no, no. Four-year deal, twenty no. to 20, eighty no. to a hundred no. million dollars. No, 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 no. no I'm, uh, I'm not
4: hearing you. That that's was, uh, I heard exactly. total. I think that's a misprint of some sort. Dude,
3: yep. I, that's a <laughs> man. The twenty, okay. <laughs> reportedly, reportedly <laughs> Belichick... That fat SOB. No way. <laughs> I know, dude. I, well, so look. we
4: can have more snack bar? No, Peyton. You're not worth that much. No, no, if it's, no, If no, Dude, no, no. if
3: it's $25 million, he he has to have a weight clause in that contract. You've got to have a weigh-in in on Fridays. Yes.
4: I can't have you come in here to, to Houston where, listen... We lack natural tourist attractions, so we've created them by way of incredible cuisine. Food. <laughs> don't make don't make me tell you about churrascos, Sean Payton. Right. So uh, no, you're not gonna come to my city and eat up all the guacamole. No, 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 no. It's not uh, not with your twenty five million per year. Uh, Dude,
3: 25 million this guy man. There's tw- going
4: to be a shortage of avocados because he's going to discover
3: Tex-Mex. I-, I will say that I was pleased to see that it was a 4-year deal. I know when you and I have been talking about this that yep. we've been throwing 10-year deal out there cuz that's what Gruden got to come back to football. Um you know, 4 years for, like, it's the twenty-five that gets me. Like Belichick makes twenty. Like this guy's coming in. He's been out a year. He's been he's been sitting there gnawing away at the snack bar at the Fox Studios for a year, and he wants five million more than the greatest coach of all time. Like, get out of get the hell out of here, Peyton. Are you kidding me? Well,
4: you gotta ask. You know, you gotta set the bar high, I and have they'll settle in at like eighteen million per year. No, that's true. There is a uh, the the reporting of head coaches is you don't have to report it. Their, their salaries. So right. there's a lot of speculation as to what guys actually make and the top guys make. Yeah. But it's it's not like uh, public universities where uh, you know you have to report it because they're state employees. It's uh, it's a whole different deal. It's a black box.
3: It's not public, but they all know. I guarantee you, Peyton knows how much Bill Belichick makes. They chat a hundred percent. You
4: don't think they have confidentiality clauses?
3: Nope. Not maybe, yeah. <laughs> like, like these guys follow the rules. The, the guy got kicked out for a year for putting bounties on guys. I'm just
4: telling you, Bob Kraft is. Um, I'm his daddy. Okay, confidentiality. Imagine. I'll Can tell. I- I'll tell people how I don't make them lick my boots in the morning. Okay, that's a, it's a. Confidentiality. Clause. Can you imagine? Oops, did I just say that? <laughs>
3: Can you imagine? Dude got booted out of the game for a year for putting bounties on players, but he's like, hey, do you know how much Belichick makes? No, we're not allowed to ask that. <laughs> 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 um, here was This was an interesting paragraph from Jeff Duncan's article on NOLA.com. It said this. The interviews with the Texans and Broncos went well. Peyton's interviews. The interviews with the Texans and Broncos went well, according to sources. Peyton was particularly impressed with the Broncos group, who he met with for several hours. He likes majority owner Rob Walton and the management team he has assembled in Denver. He's also comfortable with the Houston brain trust and likes the draft capital, salary cap room, and wide open playing field. He'd have to he he would have to rebuild the Texans. Yeah. So I, that that passes a smell test. I mean, these they, new these new owners in Denver seem yeah. like a pretty dynamic group. And on paper this is what you and I have been saying on paper. The Texans' job is the best job. On yeah, the whole
4: thing about the whole thing about uh, you know Colin Coward supposedly hearing about all the dysfunction in Houston, in which I'm hoping was a description of past dysfunction that has been fixed. But who knows? Um, I'm not. It doesn't concern me because oh no, we're gonna miss out on twenty five million dollar per year snack bar. It's it's that okay. Is this evidence that things haven't been fixed? Is this right. evidence that there are still how are the big other, problems? How are the right? other interviews going? Right, right, right. Is, does that mean D'Amico Ryans isn't going to be interested? Does that mean Shane Steichen won't be interested? Right. Those are the concerns I have, but which which D'Amico, uh, the Colts are trying to get their grubby paws on D'Amico the way they did Andre and uh, Johnson, and um, I don't need that in
3: my life. No, okay? no, 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 no. And, yeah, D'Amico's the favorite to land that job, the betting favorite right now, 4-1. to one. To land the indie junk. Boy, that would be something. <laughs> if if the Texans wind up with a non Peyton head coach and D'Amico Ryans is the Colts head coach.
4: <laughs> you choose Ursay over me, I feel like it's it's like I got dumped for Booger from Revenge of the Miguel. <laughs>
1: In the upper quartile of winners were in the top quartile
4: of that upper quartile. I, mean,
3: I we chose to go play for that I guy. Was,
4: I was looking at a, a couple shots of – I was trying to figure out who that actor was, and then I got sidetracked. But I was looking at some shots from Revenge of the Nerds, Booger. Booger. And it's just so funny when you go back to movies from the '80s about like what passed for fat and sloppy back then, because <laughs> Booger actually looks like looks like your average twenty-one-year-old guy these days. Yeah. You know, look like look at him. Look at that fat slob. Okay, I don't know. Is he ever coming in about twenty percent body fat. Yeah. Curtis
3: <laughs> Armstrong is Curtis the actor's Armstrong, name. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I only remember you know, him. Look
4: at a picture of him. He's uh. I don't is know. he doing
3: anything these days? I only remember him as Booger and Tom Cruise's friend uh, in Risky Business. He was was Tom
4: Tom Cruise's... Oh, he was Tom Cruise's friend in Risky Business. He was, he was. He played... Well, he was also in Better Off Dead, was he not? He was in Better Off Dead. That was was. what he did. He played the sloppy buddy. Yes. He actually... You know what? Much like Danny DeVito, he actually looks better relative to other people his age now Than he did back in the day. Aged well, I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Like he's like if you start off with a bar low, but then maintain that bar, then all of a sudden by the time you get to be seventy or eighty, it's you're like, oh wow, that guy's uh, that's a dapper fella. He's sixty nine years old and he's doing all right. I'm
3: gonna check during the break. I haven't seen him in anything since Better Off Dead since the trilogy of Better Off Dead, Risky Business, and Revenge of the Nerds. I guarantee you, he's been in an episode of Law and Order. All these oh, really? dudes from the, the 80s have been in at least one episode of Law & Order. All of them. Either as a perp or as a lawyer or as a judge or something. So I'm going to check that during the break. All right. Up next. Um, man, this is going to be – I feel like we've been saying this the last three years at this time. This is going to be a crazy quarterback off season. Will these QBs change teams in 2023? Three big names and a few others that we will get to next.
2: Selling a little or a lot.
1: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, there could
3: be, once again, a lot of movement in the quarterback market this offseason. The two big names last offseason we saw move were Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. But it feels like there's at least one or two big names every year that either move or, in the case of Aaron Rodgers, threaten to move every year. But he's, and he's doing it again. We'll get to him in just a second. Here was Tom Brady uh, following the Bucks' loss to the Cowboys... In the wild card round on Monday night, saying it sounded like saying goodbye to the Tampa Bay media.
1: I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you everybody for welcoming me all you regulars and um just very grateful for the respect and, and I uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank okay. you very much. Appreciate it.
3: So that's Brady. We'll get to a few of the names here, but we'll start off with Tom Brady. Um, we love
4: you, Tom. We love you. Tom. They said after they cut that out.
3: <laughs> so, um, Let's play a little game of will these QBs change teams in 2023, and we'll start with Brady. That sure sounded like a goodbye to me to Tampa Bay, Seth. And I know how you feel about Brady. Does Brady change teams in 2023?
4: I think he does. I'm not reading too much into that particular thing um, cut. because look at, i mean, he retired last year and then came back to the same spot. That is true. I mean, because he was under contract, there was a—but that—that was just such an awkward shoehorning in of a whole bunch of different parts into Tampa this year that I can't imagine that he would want to come back to it in its current form. And they're, I mean, they're burning daylight. If they were going to somehow, you know, (laughs) fire the coach and start off with a coaching search or something, that's not going to, that's not going to happen either. So yeah, he's most likely gone. Yeah. But I also believe that he doesn't like right this moment. I bet he doesn't know what he's going to do.
3: Trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, his wife was spotted again with her jiu-jitsu teacher on an excursion.
4: She was ex-wife, running with sorry. him.
3: Ex-wife. 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 His yeah.
4: ex-wife, Giselle, was spotted running with the jiu-jitsu instructor that works with her children. And her as well. He's her jiu-jitsu instructor as well because, you know, she, uh, she can save a lot of money and she's a divorcee now. She's only got her meager $100 million a year or so salary uh, on her own to fend for herself. She's probably got to cut back on the, bo- on the bodyguard budget and she can't afford to have the likes of some Kevin Costner watching out after. She's got to get her jujitsu skills. Yeah. Done. Hi-ya, ho-ya, ho-ha.
3: <laughs> did you did you see <laughs> Okay.
4: Did you see the That's p- more of a kung fu sound. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Did you um did you see the picture in the article that we linked in the rundown to this? The, it, there's a People magazine article about yeah. the two of them. Um and the two of them are running Giselle yeah. and her jujitsu instructor whose name is Joaquin Valente. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a creepy picture because she's running in front of him and he's just totally staring at her butt.
4: It's all right. It, okay. It, I can't say
3: I blame him, but it's a it, tough uh, look.
4: Is he staring at her butt? This is the problem. This is like what you and People Magazine love to do. And not people. Sorry, I wouldn't. people would never do such a thing. They take a shot of like somebody just looking around the room and you grab the spot where, oh, his eyes are looking downward and uh, he's totally checking out her butt. Uh, I'm not buying that. And even if he was... He's got to check her form. So they look at her. She's got awful running form. form.
3: He's not a cross country coach. He's her jujitsu teacher. And
4: yet he's also her personal trainer, apparently, because he's out running with her, staring at her butt and what kind of form she's using <laughs> while running.
3: That's true. You know, <laughs> the butt is a big part of the running motion. You're it right. It is. Yeah. It is.
4: There's yeah. a dog next to him. He's not staring at the dog. That might be. That could be a wild dog of Costa Rica about to attack her. He but he's so transfixed by her buttocks <laughs> that he can't. Uh, he can, he's he's failing in his duties as jujitsu instructor slash bodyguard slash potential boy toy
3: right 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 um so so brady yeah brady will be somewhere else next year uh
4: but, but by the way yeah. a source close to the, the jiu-jitsu instructor vehemently shut down the rumor that those two are going at it oh, okay it was vehement sean yeah, it was vehement. oh was it okay it was vehement
3: yeah. gotcha okay well i wasn't gonna believe it and then i'm he told and it's
4: his and the kids' martial arts instructors, and they are not to dating, right. is what, she, what right. he said. Right,
3: because everybody brings their jiu-jitsu teacher with them to Costa Rica.
4: I would if I were, if I were pulling in 100 million hundred. If you had the means, here, yeah, yeah, I guess you would. I guess you the whole would. damn staff. Yeah, like you're flying a private jet around. What are you going to do? Waste like the four or five extra, extra seats? No, you know, you're right. before yeah, it's a
3: good point. Giselle's
4: uh, one of these fake environmentalists, though, too. She, like, she'll fly on the private jet. But the, Remember, Tom Brady said that like, he likes washing his car, but Giselle yells at him because he's wasting water.
3: And then, like, meanwhile, the two of them like, fly off in a jet right, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, a $20,000 tank of gas.
4: He's <laughs> like, just, just why don't you just dump... Barrels of kerosene out the back as you fly.
3: Uh, The worst. The worst. All right, so Brady, we think, is on the move. Aaron Rodgers is another one. Aaron Rodgers was asked on the Pat McAfee show uh, earlier this week, do you want to be in Green Bay? And here's what he had to say.
4: Do I still think I can play? Of course.
6: Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again. The right situation. Um, Right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere
4: else? I'm not sure. Um... But I don't think you should shut down
3: any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be, you know, both uh, both sides, uh, you know, like actually wanting, you
6: know, to work together moving forward. And uh, I think there's, you know, more conversation to be had.
3: I would hate covering well, this guy. <laughs> my t- tolerance for
4: people Asking a question rhetorically and yes! answering it themselves is at an all time low. I blame Lovey. Lovey. <laughs> and we look we predicted that there would be things that Lovey did that would start to wear on us over time. That's just how it works. That
3: was the biggest one for me. You know that. Yeah,
4: once it, once you start losing, there's gonna be things that your your head coach does in press conferences that yeah. starts to wear on you. And with Lovey, it was certainly the like did the did the Dolphins score any points in the second half? I don't I don't think they right did. right right. Did we outscore them in the second half? I believe I believe that was the case. Yeah, that would just it wore on us. So now when I hear Aaron Rodgers asking rhetorical questions about whether or not he's going to force his way out of a situation, yes. he, he just – put himself in last year then yeah my
3: Do mouth I, does that does that rot? does that grind my gears you're damn right it grinds my gears yes yeah yeah i i hear that method of self-questioning and my in my immediate reaction is win more than three games win more <laughs> than three games um yeah oh yeah can let i just can i be an M- can you. i play at an mvp level answers yes answers uh, yes is, is it gonna level.
4: cost is it going to be a ninety-eight million dollar cap hit if the Packers were to trade Aaron Rodgers? You saw that offseason? too, eh? <laughs> it certainly <laughs> yeah. will be. Yeah. Um, now it would be. It would only be a sixty-seven million dollar net loss, right? Cap. right. So only yeah. only a third of your salary cap yeah. for the yeah. most part, yeah. Right.
3: Um, so do we think, before I get your answer, do we think that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay this offseason? I've got my answer, you've got yours. Maybe oh. maybe Andrew Brandt, who um, was in the building when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, He was a Packers executive and a former agent who likes to prognosticate on things. And
4: a guy who is adamantly denied that anybody will ever be traded once they have the huge contract. He said there's no way in hell Odell Beckham Jr. would be traded. He said there's no way in hell that Antonio Brown would be traded. He said there's no way in hell Deshaun Watson would be traded. He's like adamantly stuck... In 2006, and he will not let it go.
3: And then the one time he finally acquiesced and said, you know what, I think he's going to get traded, was Aaron Rodgers last year, That's right. who didn't That's right. get yeah. traded. So, <laughs> so here, here is Andrew Brandt, premier prognosticator, um, on Aaron Rodgers' future.
1: I'm totally confused. <laughs> I'm going to say one-third, one-third, one-third. I believe one-third he's back with the Packers. One-third he's with another team. And one-third, he retires. I just don't know. And that's sort of hedging my bets. But what it says to me is that's 33% that he's going to be back with the team. That's not a lot. I just don't feel it. Um, So book it.
4: (laughs) That's not even riding the fence. That's that's like... (laughs) It's Like That's a triangular like a, giving fence, giving it a boa constrictor embrace. <laughs> i like, gigantic, I'm tri- around the fence.
3: Triangular fence, and he's sitting with his legs like spread eagle. Like, what are you doing? I'm straddling this three-way fence.
4: He's at that part where the four western states meet, and <laughs> yes. he has a he has a hand and a foot in each state. I yeah. and I
3: went there last summer. Yes. Did you,
4: did you do it? Did you do the bear crawl we across four we states? We did. We did. Yeah, yeah.
3: I stood on all four states. It was great. Um, so. Um, so book it, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, I don't Brandt.
4: know, thirty three. I notice also Andrew Brandt rounds down. Uh, instead of going for the full third, the extra third. third, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That sloppiness right there—that's the kind of stuff that gets you fired.
3: I—I'm I, not going to say no chance, but I, Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay next year. What are we? What, what are we doing here?
4: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, like, what, he tried real hard to act like he wasn't going to leave last year, yeah. and uh, you know, obviously, he ended up back there. If anything, he's just still—he's still trying to force somebody out of the front office. You know, yeah, he 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 has kind of alluded to having to have conversations and all all the same stuff he was saying last year. And then he went on to talk about how important it is to have guys like Mercedes Lewis and other guys who are kind of marginal players now finish out their careers in Green Bay. He's he's a horrible. He's trying to be LeBron James, but he's really bad at it. Yeah, you know, when it comes to structuring a team and being the GM, and you know, LeBron has has succumbed somewhat to it. And once you're sentimental, you can't be sentimental as a GM. No. And the the thing that LeBron and Aaron Rodgers, to a larger degree, are succumbing to in their old age is like, yeah, all these guys I know, (laughs) like, except LeBron at least does it with Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is doing it with Randall Cobb Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. Like, come on, set your bar a little higher, man. Yeah. Bring in some old, other old, disheveled old receiver or something that used to be one of the best in the league.
3: Right. Um, okay, here's the most interesting one to me of the offseason, because I think Brady is gone. He's going to go somewhere else. I think Rodgers is back. Lamar Jackson, it seems like this is legit up in the air. For uh, For what it's worth, here was Sean Payton, who's right now a, an NFL expert on Fox. He's a former head coach in the NFL. I hear he wants to get back into coaching. Here's Sean Payton on Lamar Jackson.
5: I don't like it, and and I get if he's not playing, but this whole tweet out, he, let me explain my whole medical uh, status. Look, I'm hearing grumblings from a, a handful of folks there that their teammates that feel like uh, his process has been slower than expected. Uh, I, I just don't like it. The, the team's more important right now than you, and, and we appreciate the information on your injury status. You're not playing. I get it. I don't see this player back in Baltimore next year. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I think he'll end up with another club.
4: I know Peyton doesn't like it. I think it takes two to tango here where um, I don't know if John Harbaugh – has done anybody any services either by playing this thing kind of old school. And the the weird thing was when you've got a guy in a situation like Lamar Jackson where it's an obvious, you know, contract standoff to a certain degree, but things like this have been resolved before, like with Dak Prescott did the same thing. You don't have to come out and almost he, – he basically made it look like Lamar Jackson was definitely – you know, withholding services by minimizing the injury early on. And like a PCL is one of those things that it's not career threatening or anything, but it can be a very, very hard thing to come back from and actually be effective. And from the very beginning, John Harbaugh minimized it and made it look like it was no big deal. And I think that kind of started the, that got the ball rolling. And so I don't, I don't hold Lamar Jackson accountable for maybe wanting to clarify things as he starts to see his name being dragged through the mud and you know people suggesting that he could play, but he just doesn't want to because this is all part of a contract negotiation. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's multiple things there. I think that Baltimore is unaccustomed to situations like this and they are I, I don't think they're necessarily handling it in the best way. They just need to – like, Harvon needs to keep his yap shut the same way that Lamar Jackson, uh, according to Sean Payton, should be keeping his yap shut.
3: How about this quote in a Mike Sando article? Mike Sando's Pick 6 Monday column yeah. where he hits a bunch of topics. The big topic in this one was Lamar Jackson and his future in Baltimore, and so Mike Sando, writer for The Athletic, who we know has ties to a lot of executives around the league. He does all the anonymous executive – Polls and things like that. He says this: "This is an executive with ties to the Ravens when they're talking about Lamar Jackson's future." Quote: "There will definitely be a market for Lamar if the Ravens want to trade him." I was thinking maybe Houston—they have a ton of draft capital. Yeah, we got capital. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, man, I'll tell you what, Sean, as I suggested, I saw a couple different like uh, writers/slash analytical types suggest that Lamar Jackson could get three first-round picks in a trade, which sounds extremely high for a guy that. For the guy that's gotten hit more than any other quarterback in the league since 2018, that sounds high. But it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I, I asked the question on Twitter, you know, if you know, people wanted various scenarios. And I got so much pushback for just even – it wasn't like I was recommending it. I just put out there Lamar Jackson plus three first-round picks. People got, people got, like, angry at it. So I don't want to give up three first-round picks for no, Lamar either. Jackson. I don't either. But I do think that there are people out there who are going to say this. All right, Lamar Jackson's had the same offensive coordinator the whole time, and if you feel like he hasn't advanced in the passing game or the passing side as much, why have the Ravens not at least tried somebody different than Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, and maybe our guy or whoever we have we like better and and we think he could do a better job like like what Shane Steichen has done with uh, with uh, with with hunt it's um I think that that's that's something that a lot of teams might be thinking. Yeah, with Hurts, right. Hurts, excuse me. Yep, with Hurts. With Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts, the difference is, I think, though, that Jalen Hurts, it wasn't as much that – Jalen Hurts, it was more of his actual throwing ability, more so than it was his ability to grasp anything or anything. With Lamar Hunt, people question just like, okay, does he actually – does he, is he able to tie it all together the way an NFL quarterback will? you got to try a different offensive coordinator. And I like Greg Roman. I think he's done really good things adapting the offense to Lamar Jackson. But it's almost like maybe he's put a glass ceiling on pigeonholing him into, oh, yeah, he's a running quarterback, Then we design the, the run game for him and everything, and he can, he's limited in the passing game. They might need to try to stretch his boundaries a little bit.
3: Uh, Curtis Armstrong, who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds, who Seth and I were yep. just talking about in the previous segment, 2019 – One episode, Law & Order SVU, baby. I told you, if you are an out-of-work or uh, sporadically worked 80s or 90s actor, you have been in an episode of Law & Order at some point. That's right. That's right. What
4: what was his part? Did it say he played
3: a a character? The character's name was Robert Fisher. I looked during the break to see what the plot line was of the episode he was in. Yeah, and it's SVU. So it involves some pretty graphic stuff. Yeah, it doesn't say what he was. But just looking at him, he looks more like a bad guy than a good guy. But I
4: think that's why maybe he didn't advance in his career is like he looks like a predator. Like he looks like a sexual predator. And and I think he probably realized like that. That's not necessarily what I want to be. Pigeon draw. just like Lamar Jackson, I don't want to be pigeonholed into being a certain type of quarterback. Right there's you know, there, there's not a good actor. Sh-
3: not a good shelf life with that look. One you know, episode of a, SVU and then you're done.
4: It flows over into your actual life, I would imagine, like because people have that subconscious, atta- uh, you know, yeah. connection to where they see you in the grocery store or they see you out at the soccer game or something. And they're like, oh. Yeah, you're not going to that kid's birthday party.
3: No, no, <laughs> no. That's, uh, it was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Let's circle back to um, to Sean Payton, the latest status on Sean Payton, where he's at with his interviews, and what Colin Cowherd had to say about conversations he had with Sean Payton just a couple of uh, couple nights ago. We will have that for you
0: next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas